Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Psalms 105. Been reading through the Psalms, as I said uh, a couple weeks ago in my just daily Bible reading. Finished it up now, but um, uh, now in Isaiah, another good book. But uh, man, got a lot out of the Psalms while reading through it. Look at just, just look with me. I'm going to start in verse nine, but but here here's some some wonderful verses. Psalms 105, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him. Sing psalms unto Him. Talk ye of all His wondrous works. Glory in His holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face. Evermore, Remember His marvelous works that He hath done, His wonders and His judgments of His mouth. I mean, this isn't necessarily part of the message, but uh, this would be just a wonderful goal of ours to be able to practice these verses, to be able to give thanks unto the Lord, to be able to thank His name, to, to make known His goodness toward us. Uh, would you agree with me this morning that God's been good to us? Amen. Amen. I mean, God's been good to us. I don't know if it's uh, been a while since you've been thinking about the goodness of the Lord in your life and how He has blessed us, but my goodness, the Lord is good. And to be able to sing to Him, to be able to come in and and sing songs like we did this morning of In Christ Alone and Lord, I Need You and how faithful He is to us, to be able to give glory to His name and to seek Him. Seek Him with our whole heart and to remember. You know, so many times we forget the goodness of the Lord. So many times, I don't know why it is, but we focus on the negative. And we focus on uh, some of the wrong things. But to think of God's work in our life and His providence and His, His mercy and His grace is good and He is faithful. And I, I've said this before, but I am convinced that we now are part of the greatest, most blessed people maybe in all of human history with the the Word of God that we have and His salvation that we have by grace through faith and the country that He's given us, the freedoms, the liberties. Oh, we are blessed. And to remember that and give thanks and to seek Him and to tell others of God's blessing in our life. Now, let's get into the message. Verse 9. Which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac, he confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. God made a covenant with them in the Old Testament. Verse 10 or verse 11, saying unto thee, I will give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance and an inheritance, a covenant and an inheritance. When they were but few men in number, yea, very few and strangers in it. When they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another, people he suffered no man uh, to do them wrong, yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do not my prophets no harm. Moreover, he called for a famine. He called for a famine 
upon the land. He break the whole staff of bread. He set a man. Pay attention to this. He set a man. God set a man before them. Even Joseph. Who was sold for a servant. Whose feet they hurt with fetters and was laid in iron. Until the time that His word came. The word of the Lord tried him. He what? He tried him. He tested him. He, uh, he uh, checked him out. Joseph, the man that he set before them. The king sent and loosed him, Pharaoh, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance, Pharaoh, to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his senators wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham, and he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. Um, it's good to remember God's work in our lives. You know what this psalm is about? It's about giving praise and glory to God for what He had done in the past for what He did in Israel's history and what He did to increase His people. And God's ways are not our ways. The way that God chose to do this was different than the way that we may have in our own mind chose to do it. Let me just say this from the outset. God knows what He's doing. Amen. God knows what's going on. In his, and listen, God really knows what's going on in His people's lives. Corporately, and individually, God knows what's going on in your life. I can say that with confidence as if you're a child of God, if you're His people, He knows what's going on. And He knew it before. It didn't take Him by surprise. And, and matter of fact, it may be His design for your good. He sent a man. That's what the Bible says uh, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He sent a man. Why did He send the man? The Bible says later in Genesis, He sent the man to save much people. He sent the man to preserve life in the whole world, really. Uh, not, just in, not just in Egypt, but for the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel was toast uh, because of the famine that came had it not been for Joseph uh, knowing what to do when the famine came knowing what to do before the famine came. His people, his family, would have been destroyed. So he was to lead, Joseph was to lead and sustain life for what was the known world. He was going to become one of the most, the most powerful men in all of human history. Joseph. One of the most powerful and you say, how did God send this most powerful man? Uh, he sent him the low way. He sent him through what? Humility. He sent him the low path. Uh, you would think, okay, if the Lord's going to try him, and the Lord's going to send him, man, he's going to come into Egypt like this most powerful man uh, with a plan and know what to do and all this glory and all these things. But... The Bible says that He sent him, and we find that He sent him in a very humble, very humble way. Now you, you begin to even question this in Psalms 105 where the Bible says that God sent Joseph before to preserve life and God caused the famine. 
But when you read the story in Genesis, it doesn't say that God sent him. Here's what it says. Genesis <laughs> chapter 37. If you want to follow, hold your finger in Psalms 105, but uh, uh, go to Genesis 37. And here's what the Bible says. And by the way, both are true. Genesis 37 and verse 13, the Bible says this. The Bible says, Genesis 37, 13, And Israel, that's who? Jacob. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem. Come, and I will send thee unto them. Who sent him? Jacob sent him. He said, and I will send thee unto them. And he said, here am I. That's what Joseph said to his father. Here am I. And he said, go, I pray thee, see whether it will be well with thy brethren and well with thy flocks and bring word again. And then the Bible says it again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron and he came unto Shechem. Uh, Who sent him? Uh, Here it says that Jacob sent him. Here it says that his father sent him. That's the most practical, that's the most obvious that Jacob said, Joseph, go check on your brethren. But then we find out later who actually sent him. God sent him. God sent him using his father to say, Joseph, go and see your brother. Did God know that his brethren were going to envy him? Did God know that his brother envied him and hated him? Did God know that they were going to throw him into a pit? Did God know that they were going to sell him off into slavery? And he had Jacob send him. So many times, you know what we we do? We only see the physical. Dad sent me. For 13 years. It would be 20 years before Joseph saw his father again. For 20 years, Jacob suffered. The Bible says that he was revived when he found out his son Joseph was alive. For 20 years... He didn't see his son again and he didn't see his father. Thirteen years Joseph was between the time his father sent him until he became the ruler of Egypt. Thirteen years. You say God sent him? God sent him and he sent him the low way. He sent him in shekels. He sent him as a slave. He sent him as a prisoner. He sent him kind of not the way that you would see the person uh, going into Egypt to preserve life for the known world. But let me ask you this. Did God know Joseph was going to do that? Did God know Joseph was going to be the one that he was going to use? And God sent him. You know, this is the key thing here. This is a key thing, is to be able to understand. And this may change the course of our life. This may change the whole trajectory of our life. Is when we realize that God is in control of our lives no matter what happens. Somebody may send us. Our brethren may envy us. uh, They may hate us. We may get lied about. We may get all these sort of things. But God knows. You know what? This will change our mindset from victim to victory. Won't it? It will change our mindset from just aimless, like just bad luck. Like dad just happened to send me bad luck. My brother uh, hated me, bad luck, to purposeful. This, my, no longer is our life aimless, but purposeful. The things and the decisions and the path that we are on as we surrender to the Lord and seek His calling and His will uh, is now uh, with much purpose and God is working in our lives. God is working in 
our lives. And to be able to see that uh, is going to help us no matter what we go through. I, I cannot understand how Joseph had such a good attitude and good spirit through all that he went. The only way that he could have is that he had faith in God and that dream and that vision that God had given him that through it all he says, God, you're still going to... I believe that what you promised you are able also to perform. That's the only way that Joseph could have kept a good attitude and a good spirit. You know what happened? He sold off into slavery. His, he, I mean, can you imagine his cries as his brother and throw him into the pit and as they sell him off as a slave? Could you imagine the anguish and the, and the, and the hurt uh, that he went through? Uh, we all may have gone through some bad things uh, with family members, but I don't know that any of us have faced what Joseph faced, being sold off into slavery like this. Then he goes and he begins to work for Potiphar as a slave, as a servant. But Potiphar, the Bible says, understand, understands that Joseph is, is blessed of God. And that everything Joseph touched is blessed. So Potiphar says, man, I'm going to turn everything over to Potiphar. Uh, he can have everything. He can have run of my house, run of everything. Why? Because Joseph had what his father had that Laban found out, Jacob. He had the blessing of God in his life. Amen. And so uh, Joseph begins to prosper in Potiphar's house. He begins to prosper there. But what happens? We know. Potiphar's wife uh, begins to lie about Joseph. And before long, Joseph is in the dungeon. I mean, now he's in the dungeon as a Hebrew slave in Egypt. Not good. I mean, this is not good. And so he's there in the dungeon, and uh, you know the story that uh, the both the, the 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 baker and the butler have a have a dream, and, uh, and 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 Joseph gives the interpretation of the dream, and the dream comes true. And two years later, he's still in prison. He's still in the dungeon. The butler says to Pharaoh, who has a dream and doesn't know the interpretation, the butler says to Pharaoh, I remember a Hebrew boy that I met in prison. He interpreted the dream for me and the baker, and it happened according to his interpretation. What he said was going to happen, happened. And so the Bible says in Genesis chapter 41 and verse 14, Then Pharaoh sat and called for Joseph. Called Joseph. And they brought him out hastily out of the dungeon. By the way, let me just say this. You may be in a dungeon of your own mind. You may be in a dungeon in your own heart for some reason. But I'm telling you, keep your faith in the Lord because God can bring you out quick. Amen. I mean, just as quick as, as anything it can be, God can deliver us. God can help us. We never give up hope. Never give up hope. He said he brought him out of the dungeon haste and shaved him and changed his raiment. And he came unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream. And there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. And God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. I, again, I've mentioned this before. I find it amazing that Joseph is so confident to look at Pharaoh and say, God will interpret and give an answer to your dream. But Joseph, at this point, had dreamed a dream some 13 years ago. And since that dream, his life went downhill. 
his life had not gone the way that he thought it would go. When God gave Joseph his dream, when God gave Joseph his vision, 13 years of it not going the way that he thought the dream was going to go. But he still had enough courage and he still had enough faith after 13 years of the opposite direction of his dream to say, God can give the answer and God is faithful and God will show you the answer to your dream, Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, okay. And verse 38, Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man whom the Spirit of God is? Pharaoh, Pharaoh recognized Joseph had something, the Spirit of God, an excellent spirit, a good spirit. He said, he's got something that nobody else in Egypt has. And so immediately, he promotes him to great power. Great power. Can you imagine this? From the dungeon? From the pit? I mean, 13 years as a slave, as a servant? To now the most powerful man in all the world? Other than Pharaoh himself? It says that in in Psalms 105, where we are reading. It says, uh, He made him lord of his house. Pharaoh made Joseph lord of his house and ruler of all his substance to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his senators wisdom. He said Joseph was able to say, uh, hey prince, you're in the dungeon now. <coughs> Bind him at his pleasure. He had that type of power in, in Egypt. i got to imagine that Potiphar and his wife were a little bit nervous about this promotion. Wouldn't you think... When they heard that, uh, when, the, when the news came out that Joseph is in charge of everything, I'm sure Potiphar's wife thought, uh-oh. Right? Because she knew the truth. But you know what's interesting here? And what we see about Joseph is that he was tried. He was tried and he was true. And when he got power, he knew what to do with it. This is a test that the Lord will give. What will you do when you're down? And what will you do when you got the power? Joseph understood something. He understood who sent him. He understood this little thing right here called the fear of the Lord. Which is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Did Dad send me? Did my brothers hate me? Did Potiphar's wife lie about me? That's not what was consuming his heart and mind, obviously. He understood that God had sent him. That this was God's plan. And when he came to power, when he came to power, he came as a blessing to all people. Egypt, his family, and everyone that did him wrong. Joseph became the source of blessing to the known world. That's what Paul was talking about when he says this, not that I speak in respect of want, but I have learned. I think this is something that we all need to learn, that I have learned that whatsoever state I am in, I am therewith to be content. I know how to be abased. Let me ask you this, did Joseph know how to be abased? (laughs) And and, and I know how to abound. Did Joseph know how to abound? Uh, Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to hunger, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ 
which strengthens me. The question is, what do you do when you're down? What do you do when everybody's done you wrong, everybody that you trusted in, everybody that you believed in, and even the vision or the dream that God's given you seems to be crumbling and falling apart? What do you do then? What's your spirit and attitude then? Would you still prosper in the prison? Would you still prosper in Potiphar's house? Would you still have an excellent spirit in the dungeon? The Bible says Joseph did. But then here's the next question. What would you do when you had ultimate power? Some of us may say, why didn't I get a promotion? Uh, Maybe the Lord's trying to work in our hearts before the promotion comes a little bit of humility so that God says, "Uh, I want to know what you would do with the power. How you would act with this. How you would treat others. Would you be gracious? Would you show my love and my kindness and my mercy if you had that kind of power? Uh, When he was promoted, he had that kind of... Look at this. This is a window. And I know this is a popular uh, passage uh, for us here. I've read it before. But Genesis chapter 50. This is just a little window into Joseph's heart. Genesis chapter 50. The end of Genesis. Joseph's father has died. You know, they all moved into Egypt and Joseph had blessed them in Egypt. His whole family sustained life. They were very few in number when they went down. Now they're multiplying greatly until eventually uh, when Moses brings them out, the people of Israel, the slaves, are stronger than the people of Egypt. That's what God can do. He says in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 15, And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph would peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which he did unto him, which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, I think they made this up. So shall we say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, and they did that they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of thy servants of God, of of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Uh, You know what they assume? You know what Joseph's brothers assume? That he was like them. Joseph's brothers assumed that Joseph was like them, but he wasn't. That's why God blessed them so much, because he wasn't like them. If they would have had the chance to revenge, they would have took it. And they thought Joseph would too. But Joseph said, it's not my place to revenge. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's not my place to set everybody straight. It's not my place to get everybody on track. I know my place, is what Joseph begins to say. This is Joseph's heart. Verse 18. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not. Look at this. Man, for am I in the place of God? You know what Joseph knew? Joseph knew his place. He knew God had sent him there. He knew God was in control. And he looked at his brethren and said, this is not, am I in the place of God? God? And then he goes on to say, for as you, you thought evil against me. This is amazing. I'm telling you, this is amazing. Joseph had insight by faith. This is how we're walking to live. That when his dad said, go check on your brothers, that it wasn't his dad that sent him. 
that when his brothers said, let's sell him into Egypt as a slave, and as, uh, as, as Potiphar's wife lied about him, and, uh, and, and as the butler forgot about him for two years, and all these things, Joseph began to say, that wasn't all the human things that went on. There was a bigger picture here. God had a different plan. Oh yeah, oh yeah, all of you meant it for evil, but look at this. Amen. But God meant it for good, verse 20. To bring to pass as it is this day, look at what he says, to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear you not. I will, what's he say? I will nourish you and your little ones. Look at this. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Joseph spake kindly. He comforted those same people that sold him into slavery, that did all these sort of things. Uh, He says, uh, it was God that meant all these things, and I understand my place, and so therefore I can have a clear heart, clean heart, toward all those that maybe meant it for bad toward me. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to God. To his purpose. I like what Daniel says when he says, And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doth according to his will in the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? You know what's amazing? What's awesome is what is awesome is the way that God works in our lives. Amen. When we look back through our lives and what God has done and how God has worked in our lives, but you know what it takes? It takes faith to believe it. Do you know what it will do though for us if we believe that God is at work in our life and nothing happens to those that love God by mistake? We're not going to be bitter toward those that did us wrong. We can let the bitterness go. We can let the anger go. We can begin to forgive. We can begin to see, no, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. There's a better plan. I can learn from this and I can become better from this instead of bitter from this. And God is good. Let me just say this about Joseph. He was very, very blessed to the Lord for the rest of his life. From, he was still relatively young. But he did not live his life for himself. He did not. He did not live to get blessed just to be blessed. He took his blessing and he used it. He took his gift and he used it to be a blessing to his family, which they were the last ones to recognize it, to Egypt, and to the whole world to preserve life and to save much people. Joseph was a blessing. He was a source of blessing for all these folks. Like the Bible says in Psalms 1 and verse 3, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He became a blessing. He became a help. In the Bible, Joseph is a picture of Jesus Christ. There are so many pictures and types between Joseph and Christ. Uh, 2,000 years ago, there was a famine in the world. And if you would admit it, at some point in time in your life, there was a famine in your own heart. And God sent a man. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ. God Himself in the flesh. The Word came. And He came like Joseph, didn't He? He didn't come... Uh, with power and might, he came despised and rejected. He came humble like a servant. 
He came as a slave. He was envied by his own people. Pilate even knew that the Pharisees wanted to crucify him because of envy. He was sold by his brethren, was he not? Judas sold him for the silver. That's why the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a what? Servant. And became obedient unto, uh, and made in the likeness of man. And he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And what did Jesus say on the cross? Father, what? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Just like Joseph, that same heart. For as many as received him to them, he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Jesus Christ brought about a covenant. We read about the covenant that God made in the Old Testament with the nation of Israel, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, Jesus Christ came to make a covenant with us. It's a new covenant. It's called the New Testament. He says in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6, But now hath we obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also He is the mediator of a better covenant. Jesus Christ is the mediator of a better covenant, which is established upon better promises. We have a better covenant than the people of Israel. We have better promises. He says, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament, the New Testament. How? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. He brought this about. A New Testament. A new, a new covenant. He says in, in uh, Psalms chapter 5 that he um, confirmed this inheritance with the people of Israel. And by the way, the Lord Jesus Christ has confirmed this covenant and this inheritance with us. How? By the Holy Spirit. He has given us His Spirit, which is the earnest of our inheritance, which is we've been sealed with it until the day of redemption, the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, The Bible says in Romans 5 and verse 5, And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. How? By the Holy Ghost which was given unto us. God's Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost of God, confirms our inheritance, confirms this new covenant given to us by Jesus Christ. In closing, can I say this? In closing, Jesus Christ, like Joseph was to his people and his family, Jesus Christ is our source of blessing. He is our source of blessing. When we can go to Him, in prayer, we can find help in time of need. I preached right before I left. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus Christ is our source of blessing. We can trust Him. He's the one who saves us. He's the one who blesses us. Uh, trust Him. Even when the path that we're on and our daily grind, if you will, seems pointless and aimless when we're questioning uh, the things that are happening, when it seems like uh, things are falling apart, or it seems like that we get down, 
by the way, I think it's part of the human experience from time to time where we get down. You know what I, you know what I think uh, we need to do when we get down? Uh, Psalms 105, 1-5, what I read this morning. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. You know what starts happening? I, every now and again I get to tell someone, uh, like, we're building the new, the new church. And every now and again, uh, uh, when I'm talking about this, and how this get, and I start to tell them how that started. And I start to tell them how God has brought us. We're coming up on our six-year anniversary. And I start to tell them what has happened in these six years. And before the end of it, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm, I am amazed at what God's done. I'm like, wow, that was awesome. Amen. Right? Amen. And before long, I don't know if they got excited, but I'm excited about what God has done. Right? And sometimes just looking back at what God has done in your life and start counting the blessings and remembering the goodness of the Lord, boy, it'll help us. God is in control and He has blessed us and He is leading us and He is guiding us. Remember His marvelous works that He has done. Who sent Joseph? Well, earthly speaking, it looked like His Father did. But who ultimately sent him? God did. We're called. We're His people. So it may look like earthly people are affecting our lives, but ultimately, God's in control. Ultimately, God knows what's going on. Trust Him. Trust Him. Even when it feels like we're down. You know why? Because I believe that if God can trust us with the right spirit and the right heart when we're down, He can trust us when we're up. That we're going to do the right thing. We're going to treat people the right way. And use His blessing. The fear of the Lord. He is in control. He has a purpose for our lives. So we can praise Him. We can thank Him. We can seek Him. Remember today and the rest of this week who Jesus Christ is to us. He is our source of blessing. He is our source of salvation. He is our all in all. He is everything to us. And that is amazing grace. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.